2: Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first.
1: ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times.
0: The TalkSport fan network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Swansea has more McDonald's than clean sheets this season, so don't forget your McNuggets are closer than you think with Muck Delivery. The only thing left to say is, you in? Order now in the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via the app are participating restaurants 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See McDonald's.com for further details. Hello everyone, welcome back to the Swanscast podcast. And I would say breaking news, but it happened last night, but uh, it's our first podcast since but Michael Duff is gone. So um wasn't expecting necessarily to do another manager uh turn around in so soon after the last one in the summer, which which seemed to drag on for a long time in the summer with Russell Martin going, but um here we are. The year hasn't finished yet, within December, and the 4th of December in the evening. So probably about 24 Hours ago from when we are recording, actually, we heard the news that he is gone. Swansea have put a statement out to um, say Michael Duff has been sacked. And one day later, on the 5th, when we're recording now, we are kind of all wondering who's next. So, yeah, at least you to join me for this one. It won't be as much of our normal structure, I guess, because we're obviously going to focus on the big news, which is Duff leaving the Swans. We, look at, we will look at the Huddersfield game because obviously that is the last game he managed and we will pull some stuff from that that might be relevant um, and maybe just look at the state of the squad for the next manager of who he will inherit and have to sort of um, turn a season round. but yeah so initial thoughts then Lee on uh, Michael Duff getting sacked
2: uh, I don't know I think it's a, bit, it's a bit of a sad day when your manager gets sacked I know I think the majority of Swans fans are happy that it's happened but it's just it's just not a good day is it? it just doesn't look great when you sack your manager not even you know not even halfway through the season so not a, not a great position to be in but not not surprised uh, i was fully prepared to come on uh this week when we sort of arranged what day we were going to do this week after the huddersfield game and i was all fully prepared to say i think he's in trouble i think you know me and you we've, we've tried to uh you know, we we do tend to try and be positive. We do i have tried to sort of defend him quite a bit this season. But I think it got to a point where it was becoming really hard to defend him, um, unfortunately. Uh, I did, I did, I was surprised at the timing, though. I thought maybe he would have another two games. Maybe, one do we know, two or three games. So when I heard yeah. the news yesterday, I was actually playing football at the time and somebody on the sideline said, oh, he's been sacked. And I was thinking, oh, I wasn't expecting it to happen so quick. I think he was in trouble. But the fact that it happened so quick is a bit... Um, a bit more ruthless than we're used to, I think. Um, I think, you know, other managers have had some bad runs over the last couple of years and haven't had the same treatment. So, it's yeah, it's a bit different. The it's run, a bit more ruthless for, from us, I think, this year. Which the run quite,
0: you're citing there is definitely Russell Martin going 24 yeah, well, games with three wins.
2: Yeah, but that's that's in recent memory. I think, like, Porter had a, had, a, had a bad run and Cooper had a bad run at some stage as well. It's just...
0: Second half uh, of the season in Cooper's second year was pretty yeah, tragic. Yeah, it, it
2: just tends to be not like us to be that ruthless but um yeah not no, no um no disputes for me really i think i think it was coming
0: yeah i think with the the other runs Martin martin maybe had a few more games in him when we get to the lower end of the table perhaps where them decisions become more ruthless the other two didn't quite get that deep with their yeah. bad run cooper yeah. did all the good work in the early part of the season and managed to hold on to a playoff didn't he so
2: but the 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 difference was with the other managers as well is that I know like they went on bad runs but they did have some credit in the bank as well so like you know Russell Martin's run came after a full season and a, like a good start as well or like a a good spell in October so I think like we kind of yeah gonna add a bit of credit in the bank but with Duff like it was our worst start in however many years it was our worst league start and then he did have a run and then it was another one win in eight so there was no not many sort of positives to take from the results.
0: Yeah, no that's fair. So a little bit of stats from um Duff and he played 19 league games. Well, as he played. He managed 19 league games for Swansea and he got what what was it? five wins. Five wins. I got in front of me. I don't know why I'm asking you. <laughs> five wins, six draws, eight losses. Um We'll we'll compare the other managers in second as well a bit later on, but I, th- I didn't quite work the win percentage out. But if it's nineteen games and five wins, I'm going to say that's what twenty six. Yeah, twenty six.
2: Yeah, it's probably
0: right, isn't it? Ish. Yeah. Something like but, that, just over twenty five, isn't it? Yeah, twenty seven, maybe. It's around around there anyway. Yes, you could, you know, play one more game and I guess the twenty and say he doesn't win that, then it is twenty five. So. Uh, it was going to be a tricky way to Rotherham, which is funny actually, because they haven't got a manager. So on Saturday this week, we're going to actually head to Rotherham for a managerless encounter. Um, obviously, we've got a caretaker manager. Um, Sheehan has taken up the reins. I did, Alan Sheehan has taken up the reins. Uh, he was third in command, I believe, at the moment, and obviously Duff and his number two have left. Alan Sheehan has stayed. Alan Sheehan someone has been brought in by Paul Watson got all links to when they were at Luton together and that did raise a lot of questions and concern from people about um, that that one name that keeps cropping up in the managerial race as well uh, but by all accounts he's been ruled out so Nathan Jones hopefully will not be managing uh, Swansea which I'm sure a lot of people will be happy to hear but yeah going back to Duff and him being sacked so 19 games is quite a short time and i think it's the shortest stint as the swansea boss since bob bradley and how many games did actually maybe carlos carvajal didn't have as many games but he didn't get sacked sure. so
2: yeah he just took us the end of the season ne? yeah that's what i'm saying i'm surprised at how ruthless this was even though yeah, like i said i think it was kind of kind of deserved um bit of a change up for us isn't it normally we uh you know normally we're quite lenient to the managers we give them a bit more time so uh not something that we're used to
0: no it's not something we're used to and it does i've seen a lot of people happy and celebrating the fact and look you might be you might think it's the right decision but i'm not sure it's something i want to be celebrating because it is a bit worrying to see what the situation is at the moment i'm not really sure what the fix is and the turnaround at this it's hard to do that at this part of the season i think and we're not a club that's going to go and splash the cash to prize a manager away from a team yep and you know you've got the likes of we've already said nathan jones um not really been in the running john ustas another manager who heavily is linked and has been linked to us in the past turned us down once before by all accounts has said already he's not interested so i'm not sure why he doesn't want to come down here but um for some reason we're not doing it for him so is it getting it's getting harder? It seems for us as a club to attract managers.
2: Yeah, I think I. It's an it's an age old problem for us though. We've always struggled to attract players and managers. Really, I think geographically where we are, um, is is hard. If you, I mean, if you're if you're an hour outside of London or Manchester, I think it's a different ballgame. Um, but I, I think it's always been hard for us to. Uh, to attract to attract big names, especially bloody. I'm sorry, I'm just distracted because Arsenal have just scored a 96th minute winner against Luton.
0: Oh, I saw they were three so all. Have uh, they won though? They
2: yeah, they've just scored yeah, 96th minute, four <laughs> three.
0: Do you have a bet on them.
2: Meant no, no, I didn't. It's just meant uh, Luton are looking good as well. Speaking of that, but um, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm surprised they used this because I think like he has been linked to us a couple of times, but he clearly doesn't want the job. But uh, that's not good either. But I we'll come on to it. I think we'll talk about sort of the shorter term why. Duff was sacked, but I think this position that we're in is kind of four years in the making, and not you know, I I won't, Duff can take some of the blame, but not not all of it I think it's been coming for a long time, this position that we're in
0: Yeah, so Duff was hired by uh, Watson alongside Andy Coleman in the summer, now Andy Coleman and Watson, the two people that also have sacked Michael Duff Obviously, they put a statement out. Andy Coleman's obviously quite recent and new to the club. Um, I have actually liked the way that he's thrown himself into the role, and I think it's been quite positive from what we had prior to him. And I I do quite like the statement that he put out here as well, but there's a bit that stands out for me about maybe some of the causes and reasons for the sacking. It also, I think, is um, important to say that Andy Coleman is still learning, perhaps, in his role as chairman. He's not afraid to necessarily say when he's made a mistake and to highlight the fact that he is still learning Swansea, if you like. And it does all come through in his statement for me that he's quite honest about that, and I find that quite refreshing. Not a case of just being um, a faceless statement, if you like, from from what we used to, perhaps, from the, the other owners who we don't hear so much of. This is a bit more on ground level and it does feel like that. But I'll read up the bit at the end that kind of stands out for me and maybe we can discuss the impact of these words and why and what what maybe they might meant in terms of uh, the sack. And so he ends the statement with, I understand how important it is to reconnect the leadership of Swansea City Football Club with its supporters. That is one of the primary reasons why I moved here with my family in the summer. Now, he's acknowledging there that perhaps the fans feel disconnected from the ownership. Yeah. And I think that's been an issue for a number of years as you just touched on. And then he goes on to the second bit about he's been brought in to be hands on ground level. He's come here. He is here. Um, And yeah, he has only been here for a few months, but I guess from when he made the initial decision to hire Duff to now, maybe he's got a different understanding of the expectations of the fan base as well so he goes on to say being present in Swansea matters but does but so does take in responsibility I will learn from the experience of these last several months my appreciation for how critical the Swansea identity is to the club has grown since the summer and it will be high in my mind as I make the decision on our new head coach now I just said Nathan Jones has been ruled out by all accounts That statement there kind of ruled him out for me before we even had the confirmation. I think you can't write a statement like that and then go and hire someone like him. So I wasn't so worried about him being high in the bookies uh, markets. But what do you make of the, the point of making a point of the fact that he lives in Swansea, he's moved to Swansea, alongside some of the earlier season criticism from the fan base of Michael Duff and where he was residing at the time
2: yeah I think uh, yeah, I think it, it makes sense I mean you've got to you've got to say at this point what the fans want to hear of you so you've got to say you know it's the Swansea way and I want to be in Swansea because it's all the criticisms that everybody's had at Duff over the last couple of months so I understand what he's saying but also it's a little bit worrying that your chairman is saying he's kind of learning about city and the club on the job Um. Yeah, it's but little, if he's not been
0: here and he's not a Swansea fan, then he's not going to know certain things. And I think it's quite a community-based and you could say family-driven yeah. club in a way. Like The fan base feels like a family. of They have these expectations of what they ask for. And we've spoke with the Swansea way. We're not here to have a conversation about that at the moment. So let's just talk about it from the perspective of that's what the fan base on the whole expects, rather than our own opinions. But um, maybe he thought... And I think Michael Duff also gave the assurances that he would get stuck into that, um, but I guess maybe Coleman has seen it means a little bit more than what he thought it meant.
2: yeah, well, I guess that's a good thing from from a fan's behalf, isn't it? because I think he's uh he's learned pretty quickly. I mean Swansea' is a small city, so I don't think it it's hard for even though you know people who play for the club and work for the club even though they are quite removed, you know, you don't really you know, you don't bump into them every day, but they are a because it's such a small city, you kind of get that feeling, I think, that the team and the and the people around the club get that feeling from the fans more so than, than other places, maybe. So um it's quite good that, that he's had that effect on him, that he has realized what it means to the to the fans and that message is getting across. So I think that is just good in that sense. Maybe not all clubs are like that
0: we kind of talk about how vocal the fan base can be on social medias on time and it's not always positive or um nice to see but you know it, it, your voice in your opinion is valid and it's always good to do that in a nice and respectful way i think and i think this kind of shows they they are listening as well they they are aware of what is being said and what the general feeling is and i guess that's a positive because i haven't always felt like that um I, under Trevor Birch I felt like we had that a bit. And then I felt it kind of got lost again. Yeah. Feels like maybe it's coming back a bit.
2: Yeah, you don't want the club to be really far removed from, you know, from the fan base, from the opinions. So I think it is he's kind of addressing that, isn't he?
0: Yeah. And to be fair, if he's gonna hold his hands up and say Duff was his man, he's held his hands up here to say, you know, look, I got it got it wrong maybe and he didn't kind of give what I thought he was going to but I will take all of that going forward now into selecting the next man and I guess time will tell whether this statement is backed up with what he's saying but which a lot has been said about Duff speaking to the media and saying the wrong things I guess you could say Coleman here is saying the right things
2: yeah yeah I think yeah that's what he's done he's saying what everybody wants to hear at the moment and that's uh you know, it's probably the right thing to do from the chairman at this
0: point. Yeah. So let let's go forward. I asked on Twitter today to see what people were saying about this this topic in general. What what everyone wanted to hear about us discuss because it's such a big topic. It's hard to know where to start really. So I got a couple of pointers we can use to <clears throat> create some conversation. um The first one is quite deep, I think, but. Has Michael Duff had a negative impression on Swansea's identity and did he understand the club?
2: Yeah, yeah that is quite deep. I, the thing is, it's, it, again, it's easy to say after the fact said, and we and uh, said. It's hard for us to say he didn't understand the club and he didn't appreciate it. But, you know, I'm sure managers do have an idea of what everything means to the club. But other managers are probably better at it than others. Um he didn't exactly, you know, endear himself to the fans with some of the stuff he said early on. And I think he really struggled to to get over that. I think he he made, you know, first impressions count and I think he just really he didn't start off well and that just stuck with him the whole time. So he was really up against it from from really early on. Especially the, the look, the main one was losing the derby and the comments he made about that. I think everybody sort of still goes back to that they still it still sticks in their mind yeah I mean as you know I, I work I work in Cardiff so I work around some Cardiff fans and even they mentioned it like yesterday when he got sacked they said oh you know I still can't believe the comments he made about the derby you know or I'd rather lose and get promoted you know and, and even they said you know you don't even if that is true you probably don't say that in the derby week Um. even though you know we, we kind of understood it and, and you know Played it down somewhat, you know. That he was probably trying to just lower the pressure because we weren't playing very well at the times. So he was probably just trying to ease the pressure a little bit. But I, th- I just don't think fans. I don't think fans ever forgive him for that. And I don't think he ever recovered from it. That's generally what I think. I think if he if he wins the derby, I think the narrative changes because he lost the derby and made those comments. It was he doesn't understand the club. He doesn't get it. Now he doesn't live in the city. All these other things started to roll out from that, and I, I think yeah. ultimately that's what's cost him <clears throat> his job.
0: I find it quite interesting because um, something like this happens, and then all of the information starts coming out, doesn't it? So there's a BBC article. BBC article has come up today uh, from Chris Wathan, and he there was rumours about this at the time. We're speaking about the Derby now, and the comments, the pressure he put on himself, and then we lost, and it was really dire performance, really poor, wasn't it? It was a really bad time to be a Swansea fan, if you like, and. Fans weren't happy, but by all accounts, players weren't happy. And it was this meme that was going around on Twitter, wasn't it, about Grimes as the manager now, Um, if you remember, and people make jokes about it or whatever. But Chris Wadden's reporting in this article has come up today saying that there was a group of senior players that did approach Duff after the Cardiff results, saying that they weren't happy with the direction of playing style that he was taking the club in. Um. And ultimately, there was a compromise made, which proceeded to our good run of form, the best run of form we had under Michael Duff. They draw QPR and then the four, four wins in a row, I think it was. The yeah, change well, of formation as well, wasn't it? Uh, as well. and yeah. you know It was a clear, distinct difference to what he, what he was trying to do in that stage. And unfortunately, they weren't able to maintain it. So the article goes on to say how the fact that the players have to ask for this change, it is an unsustainable thing in the long term. But I do find it quite interesting because everything comes out, doesn't it, when the manager gets sacked. But I'm curious because <clears throat> I find, again, I found it quite funny. Yannick Palasi obviously made his debut, a home debut on the weekend at hasfield And only, or was it yesterday or was it the day before? Sunday, maybe? He was tweeting how... Yeah how grateful he was to make a debut here. And part of the reason that he came here was all down to the manager. <laughs> um, someone was quote tweeting him saying, see, Lucas Grimes has got players joining now. And Yannick Balassi replied to say, to clarify, like, no, I thought Michael Duff was a great man and he's literally the reason I signed. And I respect the man a lot. Um, so don't know what's going on behind closed doors, but maybe it's not all um smooth sailing in in the yeah. player camp which is not yeah. good to see
2: it's a bit worrying cuz either, either that is the case um and you kind of got a divide going on there cuz it, it's almost as if like someone said oh you know Grimes is is uh, is doing it, and he's kind of had to jump to the defense so i hope there's not like a bit of a split going on um or it's just you know that's the you know that's the media handbook 101 isn't it oh you know i back the manager and I'm the re he's the reason that I signed and stuff like that. It's kind of what players are, are trained to say, essentially, isn't it? So that's what I kind of hope it was. But uh, yeah, it was a bit worrying. But I mean, we'll go on to talk about long term in a bit. But while we're talking about the players and, and uh, you know, the influence of the players, this is what worried me recently. If we talk about the recent form of why he got sacked, is that like when we went tuning up against Hull and then we'll come back to two all and and then the Leeds game i well, was we probably expected to lose that game and then the Huddersfield field game on saturday it's not just the results the like you can see the body language of the players worried me before we i sort of jumped to his defense a bit and said you know we've got to kind of give him time and i thought people were a little bit harsh but the last three games i know it looks like it's easy to say now because they've been sacked but i said like after that game on saturday i was starting to think it's, it might be time because those three games the body language of the players really worried me it just looked like something was wrong and and again i know people probably say oh it's easy to say now because they sacked but it just really didn't look right to me didn't feel right the performances even though we were tuning up against hull and we, we did play better in the first half going forward but um they just looked the players just looked off it they didn't look interested in some of the games they just looked a bit off the pace
0: <coughs> yeah it's a bit odd um uh going back to the the negative impression of the identity i'm not really sure how to answer that question i i don't think i think it feels really bad at the moment because of where we are right now we're in the slump we're at the what feels like the bottom hopefully anyway hopefully it goes up from here um and it's easy to say that it's all because of him and he's unravelled things but let's just go back to steve cooper and he I would argue it was probably even more pragmatic than what we've seen under Michael Duff. Um, but he got results, so you didn't hear a lot of the negativity for a long time. People eventually got fed up of it and bored of the 1-0 Andre Ayew or 1-0 Jamal Lowe and holding on. And, you know, it was successful for him. He had back-to-back playoff uh, results. He is our most successful manager since we got relegated. You know, yeah. that that's the facts of it but people didn't want that football by the end of it, but he had a lot longer because he was doing well. Yeah. He had a lot longer to, to survive because he was doing well. Yeah, um, exactly. so I don't know, but then like Russell Martin came in and we said it was transition and it took a long time and you can say he brought the identity back. So I don't necessarily think he's made a negative impression long-term on the identity. I don't think it's unfixable. Um. I think a lot of the players, you know, because it is a short time as well. If they bring a manager in, that's more akin to Russell Martin style. Now, I don't think it would be too difficult for a lot of the ones that were here before to get back into that. A lot of the new guys that signed might be a different story, but I don't think it's going to have a lasting damage if, I, if that's the worry.
2: I, I don't know. I think I think that's just. I think it's a bit of a. A lazy narrative that people throw like oh he's ruined the style and he doesn't play the swansea way and all this crap which really just started to bug me over the years the, the, the problem is whoever followed someone like russell martin was going to struggle because the way that russell martin played played was so much more extreme than you know even the likes of brandon rogers and those managers played it was so much more possession based than 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 any other manager really. So whoever came in next, there was always going to be a dip in the amount of possession we had. There was always going to be a dip in the amount of passes we had. It's just that's just natural because not everyone plays that extreme level of possession football, and it works for some teams. You know, like it's probably working at Southampton now because he's got the good players to do it. But that just seems like a really lazy narrative now. Like, oh, he's ruined the he's ruined the style. He doesn't play the Swansea way and all that. I don't necessarily think he was playing like boring football he wasn't parking the bus or anything he just wasn't as sort of yeah. <clears> possession based as russell martin was and even said that when he first started was you know i i do believe in playing football but i just he sort of said oh i just believe in being a little bit more direct like not being so extreme with possession for possession sake and that's kind of what we wanted so on paper it seemed like it was the right appointment because the biggest you know thing that we had last year when Things are going bad in the Martin. We're saying, oh, we just keep the ball for no reason. We don't do anything with it. And then we just concede goals. So when Duff was appointed and the stuff that he said on paper, I remember we did the video and we were quite excited about it. We thought, yeah, if he can find the right blend of keeping the ball and being direct and bringing in pace players, like he said, then that's exactly what we've probably hit on. So now that it hasn't worked, and then people to just say, oh, look, we had less possession. So he's ruined the Swansea way, I think that's really lazy. I think there's more to it than that.
0: No, I agree. I, 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 On the whole, just to put it out there, I kind of feel sorry for him because I think... I don't think he couldn't have been successful. I think he came in at the wrong time for him to be successful here.
1: So I think
0: he was not the right manager to follow Russell Martin. I think a lot of managers would have fallen into that category. I think Russell Martin is a very difficult manager to take over from. And that's not to criticise him because he obviously... Does his style a certain way and it works very well maybe couldn't quite work here to get us where we wanted to be in the, the duration he probably should have done a bit better we've talked about all that before um and i'm sure he's learned and maybe he's implementing that now in Southampton. but for anyone that doesn't go that extreme it's hard to like kind of take that away from what's already been embedded go back to the basics a little bit and i feel a lot of the errors we made this season with the goals we conceded are kind of hangover issues from the period under Russell Martin more than an issue with how Duff is setting the team up that's how I feel personally because I think on the whole we look a little bit more solid but there's issues that have seeped through that you can't seem to find a way of fixing Um, so sometimes we look solid but then sometimes we just look nowhere defensively but where we look like nowhere defensively it's the same sort of nowhere defensively we looked under Russell Martin. Now, what I mean by that is when we used to get like the 70-80% possession, but still lose games and concede goals when the other teams only got 20-30% of the ball, you know, we couldn't defend essentially. So it's it's easy to not concede goals when the other team doesn't touch the football. That's kind of where Martin's going with his style. But when they did have the ball and they attacked us or they pressed us in areas, we were all over the place and made errors and give stupid goals away all the time. And I think those things have carried over.
2: Yeah, yeah. the problem is, I think like, yeah, it's, 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 a, it's a, it's been a problem for us really since Steve Cooper left is defending. We've been, we've, we can see so many stupid goals and we're always capable of getting hammered. I mean, I was looking back at results and stuff over our time with Martin and, and Duff, like we had a few like four nils here and there. We, we were always at, we always had that in the locker. And i think you're right i think the fact that we don't have that much possession probably highlights it more i didn't really think about it that before but i gotta be honest i i worried in some games like especially recently i watched some games and i don't think that the results have necessarily showed the game so a prime example would be Ipswich, where it finished three two and on paper that looks like a, a decent performance away from home but Watching that game, and I know, like we've sung Ipswich's praises, but my God, we could have lost. Like that—that that could have been like.
0: No, no, you are right on the Ipswich game, but they literally done that to the team they played after us as well. No, no, they, no I, I, no, I know I know, battering everyone.
2: No, I know, I know they're battering everyone, but they haven't. They, you know, they haven't put like six past someone, for example. And realistically, that's what should, they missed sitters in that game. I've never seen a team have so many chances and not score. Yeah, more goals. If that, but that, but then that was a kind of a recurring theme because there were other games where. You know, even if we got a point or drew, Rushworth made so many saves in some games, like, like Millwall away, which we won. He made some ridiculous saves. I think he made about four or five big saves. And some games at home, he's been forced in to make loads of saves. So I think the fact that he hasn't been able to, you know, fix the defensive issues is a, is a major problem because we need to, That's something that has to be done. Whoever comes in next has to do it. We yeah. can't leak goals and chances the way that we do.
0: Yeah, but this is where maybe the issue is isn't it though like you want someone in the Swansea way but our first priority has always got to be fixing the defence I don't know how well they combine
2: I think it, yeah but I think it, it kind of highlights that it was a bit of a, a narrative last year as well that some of the players that we've got defensively are not great are they and I think the more that they're being like isolated this year like you know I'm thinking about Cabango and Darling I was gonna and say Cabango
0: for me is he's I, I think he's going down in my estimations the more I'm seeing him playing. I'll be honest.
2: Yeah, I think, but the, but maybe when you have, like you said, maybe when you have eighty percent possession, it kind of hides that a little bit. Like, yeah, obviously we did concede stupid goals, but it does mask it. Um, so yeah, I think again, like we can obviously we can mourn about Duff and rightly so. He didn't fix the defensive problems, but the players got to take some responsibility for this run of form as well. There's been some awful performances from players this season who haven't turned up at all, which, which, you know, we can yeah. go into on another day, but you know, this is why I do feel a little bit sorry for him, even though it is probably the right call again, but.
0: Look, it's a results-based business and he didn't get yeah, results and we're in the position that we're in. So I feel like the change had to be made, but yeah. I think it's also fair to talk about what went wrong, why went wrong and, Yep. you know like learn from it i guess it's i i do feel for him i think some of the recruitment as much as he was all a lot of it was positive the amount of players and stuff is still the squad is still not correct where we need it to be and probably from what he wanted to bring you know you, you just said he mentioned in his earlier press conferences about being a little bit more direct and adding a bit more pace those are the two things he kind of said we haven't really added any pace. We brought Cianelli in That was the only pace we added up front. Or oh, Jamal Lowe. I don't even know if that counts as pace because I don't actually think he's he uses it, or at least doesn't show it very often. If he has pace, um, and in t- to play his system, you have know, to play five at the back or whatever. Um, there, there still seemed to be no pace. We're missing pace. We still we're still having a big issue with that. And I think that was highlighted a lot by Yannick Balassi coming in on. On the weekend against Huddersfield, second half, when he was introduced, and he brought that excitement. He ran up players. He was doing a bit of trickery. He was putting a bit of pace in. And lucky, he's not fit enough at all at the moment. Clearly, I think he blew up. He was gone by like twenty minutes after after being on the pitch. And that's fine. He's thirty four and he's hardly played recently. So it was a risk we had to put him on because I guess staff was feeling the pressure clearly, um, and we know why now. Maybe he knew. Yeah, uh, but. I, I think he has shown what we are missing and I personally also think he's shown the likes of Jamal Lowe that I don't think Jamal Lowe's done enough. At the end of the day, he's on loan from Premier League club. he's supposedly should have been a better player from when he left considering his trajectory going up and getting promoted. But he scored, what, one goal from open play?
2: Uh, yeah, I think so. The maybe. rest of
0: them penalties? Yeah, maybe. And he's missed the penalties. So, like, Oh, sorry, he scored two goals from open play because he did that one, that run the other day, didn't he, against um, Ipswich.
2: That was Ipswich, wasn't it, yeah.
0: And he scored one earlier on in the season. Um, Grimes went to shoot and it ricocheted and he he had the easy finish. But I don't think he's really done that much. Like, if you see Balassi coming on, as a 34-year-old, he's not fit, taking players on, having shots, causing a bit of excitement, getting people up off their seats. But... What does jamal lowe do to do that he had that one run against Ipswich. was the only time i could think think of that he really has done that
2: yeah yeah and this is this is another this is another reason why i think he's been unlucky because the Gennelli injury was really really bad timing i mean it's bad time mate. like anyway to have an injury but he was the only player that we had at the time that was capable of that and he was really starting to to come into it i think he'd come on yeah. he come off he come off the bench and he saw a screamer in the in one of the cup games and then he made a couple of appearances off the bench and we went to west brom and he came on and i thought oh my god he looks so sharp and then just as he was growing into the game and i think he started the game he got injured didn't he and i think that was a massive loss and i think that really affected the way that we wanted to play because clearly like he said he wants that Balassi, janelli type player to have that bit of x factor in the final third that bit of spark into life which we don't normally have it's normally that slow build-up 10 men behind the ball moving it looking for the space he wanted somebody to just drive a a defense which we have not had really for i I can't remember the last time we had but that's
0: montero probably isn't it but like and barrow but but um that's where you got away with it with a russell martin style because it was focused on being slow just moving the ball around and eventually the opposition would lay you in that's literally what Russell Martin wanted you to do. Just keep the ball until one of them makes a mistake and then you're in. You don't need anyone to run and do this and that the other. Like, that's not what he was looking for. So the squad was inherited of that, you know? There was no pace anymore. Like, he got rid of any wingers that we had left, low left under Martin originally. Um, Garrick, for example, one that people were wondering why he couldn't have had a career when he, he was shipped off. I can't really think of anyone else with pace recently that has gone or uh, hasn't really managed to do much. Um, And then if you look for the back as well, the wing backs, we had an issue last season, right, with our right wing back, and Latabodio was playing there. Arguably, we could say if Josh Key was signed last year, maybe we would have had a little bit of a better season, I think, based on how we were playing. Now we've kind of got the opposite problem where I would say Key has come in and he's doing quite well. He's still a bit fresh at this level, so he's only going to get better. But we've lost Manning who was our top assister um, last season from left wing back. Now Duff wanted to use wing backs. So that would have been so valuable for him. I don't think Timon at all has reached any sort of level near what Manning was giving us. Um, And obviously Pedersen's hardly really featured. And then up top as well, you've lost your 20 goal a season striker. That Also, hasn't been replaced. You've lost your your biggest goal scorer and you've lost your biggest assister, and r- not really replaced either of them, really. And you mentioned in Cham as well, who kind of was second in both those areas, you could argue. Uh, I yeah, think so Grimes technically was second in assists, think, but yeah, I yeah. I think
2: they were our three top goal scorers from last year in Cham, and I think that's why I think he has been unlucky because I think naively he thought Perot might stay and he obviously thought Encham was going to stay because by all accounts... Incham I think everyone played. thought
0: Encham was going to stay.
2: Yeah, but he played all preseason and he was due to start the first game of the season. I think we had Birmingham at home, didn't he? And he was due to start. And Patterson was one foot out the door. And then the day before, Encham goes and Patterson has to start, then he's back in the mix. So all that pre-season <laughs> plan is out the window based on Encham playing in that kind of role. when he can... He's got a capability of kind of driving at a defence, isn't he, from the middle rather than from the wing. Yeah. And maybe having a shot off. But so that kind of mix up. So there is there's there's so many more factors that have gone to, like you said, lose it. we never replaced Man in Pro and, and in Cham yeah. either. So
0: So if he's built in a style in pre season and and Cham is the guy that's gonna be the attacking creative player that he's built it around and what, the night before the first game yeah. of the season, all of a sudden that's not a thing anymore. Like, yeah, okay, he, he should adapt. He's the manager; he should do better. But it does, it does have an impact. And Patterson, as you said, he was out the door, so yeah, he's come in and showing good form now. I, I do think he fizzles out with games quite a lot, especially in the yeah. second half. And yeah. we don't have another option. So if we could have the both of them in doing quite well, that that could have really helped yeah. the situation.
2: Yeah, I think I think like it's, it's that. That's, that that was probably the first kind of set back for him wasn't it and then obviously we spoke about the the derby then was quite soon into the season and then the number of injuries that we've got so I do have a bit of sympathy with him because you know Janelli gets injured Joe Allen's out Wood is out abdelai abdelai got injured Pedersen played well when he came in he looked pretty good um, when he played and then he was out of the team um, Guarovic yeah, well, yeah, he has. He's been. We had so many injuries. That we've Key. I, like, forgotten about. Key was out for a while. Now Ashby as well got injured. I just think he just couldn't stop the bleeding of what. Like everything was going wrong. Just suspensions to
0: Ollie Cooper, Patino, and Cullen.
2: Yeah, it just everything just seemed to be going wrong for him at the wrong time. I, I, like the last couple of weeks, you kind of knew what his starting eleven was going to be, and then. I was guilty of it myself. I'd be, we'd be 60 minutes into the game, 55, 60 minutes into the game. And I'd be like, oh my God, he's got to change something. Like, and then I'd go and look at the bench and I think, well, I have no idea what he can do. I don't know. Yeah. He's but this is
0: another thing I want to highlight, right? So we you're saying there. this now, you've got to change something. You've got to change something. He did change the starting lineup for Huddersfield. And he's had a lot of criticism that he started with the wrong team. So I'm lost.
2: Yeah, but the, but this is the thing. This is why this is why I do have a bit of sympathy with him. Is because you know I I I'm not I'm not going to we're not going to completely defend him. But I, there is there is so much going on. I think he's not a hundred percent to blame for all of this um, going on. And what I was going to say was, unfortunately, even though we've got tons of injuries, like you said, it's a results based business. We can't overhaul the squad. We can't change the ownership. So the only person's head that's going to roll is the manager. And unfortunately, that's the business. That's the business you're in, isn't it? With football, so I do. I do feel a bit sorry for him. I don't think he's a he's a bad manager. I think he's just wrong manager, wrong time. And if he could, if he could have this time back, I mean, bloody hell, he's, he has been unlucky with injuries, and you know, last minute winner, not last minute winner. Sorry, last minute equaliser of QPR. That might change things. Last couple of seasons, when I think this was a massive factor. Last couple of seasons, we played um, Bristol and Cardiff in that October window, and we started rubbish in all of our previous like two or three seasons. We started. Yeah, well, poorly. we can make a
0: comparison now, actually, if you want to do that. Yeah, then. go on. Then. Hold
1: up.
0: Can't make the away day? Just get yourself comfortable, load up Swollen TV, grab your phone and order a McDelivery. Away days at home never tasted so good. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. Our participating restaurants, 18+, plus, serving times, delivery fee and term supply. See mcdonalds.com. Let's go on to that. So, we've got Michael Duff up on the screen now against Russell Martin because they're the two previous ones. So, you're talking about the start of the season here, yeah?
2: Yeah, so first 19 games under under Duff. So if, well, if you're listening on Spotify, you can't see it, but first 19 games for each of um, Martin and Duff. So Duff has won five games in that time. Russell Martin won seven. So two more wins, same number of draws. So six draws each. And then Duff has obviously lost the two more games that uh, against Russell Martin, six. So for me, was stood out, I was quite surprised at that actually, because I thought, you know, it's not, You know, we're not a million miles off. Are we there, really? You're talking about two losses uh, into wins. And if you look at a couple of things like, you know, the Watford game at home, which we had that goal disallowed for, I still don't know why that goal was disallowed. And then we went on to lose the game. That's a big factor. But the key thing is those two games that we lost, the Bristol City and the Cardiff game, if he wins those two games, he'll have the same record as Russell Martin did in his first 19 games. And he's still in the job. I think it's as simple as that. If we beat Bristol and Cardiff, he's still in the job.
0: But I also think the Huddersfield game on the weekend, right? He wins that game and he's only one win behind. Yeah, and we'll come to the Huddersfield specifically, but I don't think that's the game to judge him as a manager on because I think last time was the team that we didn't win that game, not the I manager. Did, I did the only the
2: only the only thing that worried me about the Huddersfield game was I know like he had to make changes. I know people have moaned about the lineup, but what worried me was the. Like the drastic change, like when I saw the lineup, like Norton was back in, and Walsh was starting. Yeah, and I but... thought, and and he dropped Yates, and I think it was such a, because like I said, <laughs> the previous like, I don't know, like eight games, he didn't make that many changes. So for me, when I saw that lineup, I just thought something's amiss here. I think uh, that well, that's what worried me because I thought maybe he's in a bit of trouble because he's had to make drastic changes and it's kind of it felt like a kind of a last throw of the dice and then the fact that we were you know we were only one nil down and he made three changes at half time said that this was just like last throw of the dice chuck that that's what he screamed to me at the time
0: do you think it's that drastic changes though i got the team up ahead of me and kyle norton's coming for josh key josh key's still coming back from fitness he's not fit enough to do 90 minutes that's that's what that is you could say ari darlin plays but Stalin's played pretty much every game because of injuries in a centre-back system, so maybe he just felt he wanted to play a right-back, because Norton is primarily has been on his career a right-back. Yeah. So for me, that's not that weird, considering Key's fitness is the reason he didn't start. If Key starts there, no one bats an eyelid. Um, so the other change, really, is Liam Walsh coming in for Jerry Yates, I guess. Yeah, and Liam Cullen coming in for Cooper. Cullen for Cooper, I mean, Uni lost his place because suspension, and three games in a week. I was expecting that change to happen midweek, but it's happened on the weekend instead. So it's only really Liam Walsh coming in for Yates, um, and people have been asking for Yates to be dropped. So I don't really think the team selection was all that crazy. Three changes.
2: No, I don't think it was... I'm not saying it was a crazy team selection, but like... No, Again, but people I, have
0: said like the team uh, selections all over the place and wrong. It's three changes. That's nothing.
2: I just, I, I just didn't expect. Um, you know, I just didn't expect some of the changes at all. Well. At the time, I was just a. Bit, it kind of came from left, from left field, and I thought, I yeah, something, something was a miss because it was so unlike. Yeah. Everything we'd seen up to that point. So I was thinking that's you know it was a big change. You know, you have those days where you go down to the game and then. You know the team lineup comes out and there's no, and nine times out of ten it's just like yeah it's exactly what we expected, but it was one of them where I was in the pub and everybody was kind of like oh that's I wasn't expecting that oh Norton's in is he oh Walsh is starting as well oh and Yates has dropped it was kind of like one thing after the other it was like that it was just you got everybody talking before the game.
0: Yeah, I I, I do get where you're coming from, but like we've said so many times on the podcast with the front four not being able to be changed, so I. I would have given credit for the fact that he tried. I said Liam Walsh had been pushing for a start and eventually got a start. And I said he could maybe take the role in the cam position. And that's kind of where he sorted in, in, uh, rotating between midfield and cam. Jamal Lowe going up front instead of Liam Cullen, I found a bit weird. Yeah. That's probably the biggest issue I had with it personally. Yeah, and, I
2: don't understand that.
0: Yeah. Um, but by all comes, Liam Walsh had a decent game, didn't he? But... Um,
2: Look, the thing is, again, it's just, again, it's easy after the fact, isn't it? Because if Cabango doesn't score an own goal in the first couple of minutes, then it could be a different game, you know. But we didn't. We did. I don't think we did enough to really win the game after that, which was which was a bit of the problem. And then, do you not think?
1: No,
2: nah, I, I just, I just don't feel like we did a lot to. I am coming about... from
0: that other disappointed perspective because i've got the stats in front of me and they read four big chances created four big chances missed
2: no we did we did have chances but the the, the problem is is and it, it might be i'm not being like disrespectful to Huddersfield or anything but they are down there with us and they at the moment yeah when Huddersfield come home to us we have got to dominate that game we've got to look better than them in every aspect of the game and I didn't get that feeling it wasn't like you know how many how many times have teams come down to us and you know they they sit back they they're at the bottom of the table or lower down the table. they sit back and we find it hard to break them down um and it's just so frustrating you come out of the game and just like oh so annoying because they just came down here for a point but I di- I just didn't get that sense I just felt like we weren't good enough to win to win that game comfortably we could have nicked the game we could have nicked it to 1 and and oh okay we got the three points but It just wasn't good enough. I don't know if that makes sense, but it just needed to be better. The performance needed to be
0: better. I I do get where you're coming from. As I said to you earlier though, I think I don't think this is the game to judge his poor tenure as manager on. I can't judge it just on that one game. And I think I'm not sure we even win this game last season, if that's what Huddersfield's game plan is. We might have, but there's several times this sort of thing happened. In Russell Martin's tenure, where we couldn't break them down, still doing that style of football. You know, it's been a consistent thing for Swansea playing passing football, going 1 0 down, at home and not being able to break teams down. So, just from the pers- perspective of dominating the game, we had 77% possession. We had 22 shots, granted, only five on target, but a lot of them were blocked. We had four big chances, and big chance is where they use XG and you should score essentially, you should be scoring. And all four big chances that we had, we missed. Charlie Patino's goal isn't even classed as a big chance. So we missed four big chances that we made. Huddersfield didn't create a big chance. Um, We had 11 shots inside the box. So I personally think I'm not really sure what more the manager can do in this game, and this circumstance. So we've got to the team selection, as you said. I don't buy the um, criticism that he got the team wrong because nobody can plan for a, a first-minute own goal. And whatever game plan he set up with the team selection that he put on the pitch has already gone up the window when you've got a team who are in a relegation zone who are defensive enough anyway, getting a 1-0 lead in the first minute away from home, are always going to sit back. Just for to clarify that, Huddersfield came down with a formation of five at the back, four in midfield, one up top not wing backs, five at the back, like five, not like a back four, but a back five, not even wing backs pushing up. That's the setup they had. So that says it all about what they were planning to do. Um, and, and and again, we should do better, we should, but it's also got to be down to the players on the pitch for me. And when, when in the second half, he did make them three changes, it's one of them where if we go and win that game, 2 1, I guess people are like, ah, you know, he made the bold move and it paid off and well done. When it doesn't pay off, it's like he's desperate, you know? So, again, after the fact, it's easy to say those things. Um, I said what I kind of wanted to say about some of the changes earlier on. Balassi, for me, highlighted what we are missing. I don't really know how we didn't get two goals in our second half um, based on the performance. Um, But I think he showed what the squad is missing. Um, And that's a shame because there's no one else really there that does that. People feel sorry for Oli Cooper not coming on off the pitch, but I think he's had enough chances this season to show that he probably wouldn't have done anything in this game as well. So, like, the commentary I was listening to was saying, if I'm Oli Cooper, I'm frustrated that Josh Key comes on instead of me. Like Why are you bringing a wing back on for a midfielder? And it's like, well, I don't know what they're on about because Felton went right back, didn't he? So Josh Key comes on at right back, and we play in a system where Josh Key is one of our most creative players. That's the way we're operating. So I'm not really sure why Cooper would be frustrated because we want Key up there. He has got a little bit of pace and we want him taking players on at wide. So
2: yeah, and he keeps a good cross in as well, didn't he? But. Uh... Yeah, I yeah I don't know. It was just, but but again, like, I said, like that just shows the state we were in because I forgot about that. The Fulton went right back, and it's, that's just, just mad. But I I don't know. I just if you look at it now, obviously it makes sense. Like I said, it's easier to look at it after the game. But would you have normally made three? <clears throat> would you have normally made three changes at time if we were one 0 down? I just think that was such. Well,
0: a... Let's have a look at who came off. I guess Norton. I I didn't see the first half. Right. So. Yeah. How was Norton
2: playing? I, well, it's quiet, to be honest. It's just not like... It's not. It's one of them. It's weird. It's not like anybody particularly played awful. It's just the we just didn't look like we were going to do anything. Obviously, we went 1-0 down and Huddersfield sat back. It just didn't yeah. look like we were going to do anything <clears throat> mental. And like you said, maybe he's got to change Norton because the game has changed. They sat back and Norton's got to bomb forward and take players on. So maybe he's got to make that change or that position. But then he puts Norton... Uh, no Norton, sorry, it was Fulton in the right back. And yeah, it was just a bit, uh, I don't know, it just seemed like a bit of a massive throw of the dice, just making that massive. He looked
0: two. to me like he kind of went um, three at the back then, did he?
2: No, it looked, well. it looked like Fulton went into into right back.
0: Yeah, so but Norton comes off and Darling comes on for Norton. But Darling goes into centre back and Norton goes right back. Um, the other two changes were, oh, sorry, Humphreys went off, didn't he, as well?
2: Yeah, Humphreys went off,
0: yeah. So that's why Darling goes centre-back then.
2: Weird, he took Humphreys off as well. Maybe that was.
0: was a planned change, though, with Darling and Humphreys. They played a lot of minutes, haven't they? We we don't know that.
2: No, I know not half-time, though. When, I don't know. I just... I don't know. Yeah, like,
0: we'll, we'll it's, never it's weird, know. it is a weird one. It is a weird one. I'll, um, I, like, I think the first half was quieter than the second half. Like So I made all-in comments, and I think we... He did enough in the second half to come back into the game and probably go on to win it, um, and I guess that's why he made the changes because he felt like there needed to be a bit of a spark. But yeah, I, I'm not really sure what else really you could. Have done. People say he should have started with the team that ended. Um,
2: yeah, yeah, a lot of people say that all the time, though, don't they? But like the game is different, isn't it? And yeah, it's Keith, a completely different like said, game.
0: He's not fit enough. People are moaning Patino didn't start, but oh. like, he lost his place because he got a stupid, well, say stupid red card. It was a bit harsh, wasn't it, to be fair. Um, but Felton haven't done anything wrong since he'd replaced him. So why should he just come back in? And there was a stat going around the other day, and a graph, I say stat, a graph going around the other day about people saying how much more um, Patino offers than Felton. But... Felton was ahead of him in both the categories on, on the graph of the season in terms of yeah, progressive yeah. play and also duels. So, only slightly like, but people were making out like Patino was night and day better going forward and so much more. They're pretty much like for like doing the same thing.
2: Yeah.
0: I think he just looks fresh youngster and a bit that, more exciting, that, that, but.
2: that didn't help. I think, look, I again, we've, we've been through this loads of times in, in this season. I think I think patino's a great player but there's a there's just a narrative at the moment that that was like the root cause of all of our problems that he wasn't playing patino and patino's like the, the best player on earth and he should be yeah. starting and I, I didn't understand it like i am not. I wasn't again it looks like i'm being over, overly critical of patino i'm not it's just a pushback to people who think that he's the like the messiah and if he started him then that would have that would have solved him. and the fact that he Obviously, I'm glad he came on and scored, but the fact that he came on and scored like a garbage time equaliser, basically, which didn't really change much, obviously, in the end, in hindsight, didn't change much. That just didn't help his calls. He was like, oh, look, he should be starting. But, you know.
0: Look, there was a quality goal from him. He won the yeah, ball back, played was, the 1-2, yeah, and it was a quality finish. But it doesn't mean he does say if he starts. Like, it's just... Everyone was desperate at the end of the game to get a goal,
2: were not they? exactly, no. Look, again, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not being critical of him. I think he's a great player, and that was a good goal. But I'm just saying, like, it's not as simple as like, oh, you know, he's on loan from Arsenal, therefore he's, you know, he should be playing every game, and he's the, you know, one of the best players we've got, and everything. I think there's a lot of, you know, we've 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 criticized Duff and everything that he's got wrong, but there's a lot of players now that I'm looking at to step up. If if Duff was the problem and they weren't happy with the way he was playing, then. I want to see a massive improvement in some of the performances. Patino being one of them, everybody telling me that he's this world-beater, I want to see it now. He looked good in his first game when he came on against West Brom. We were quite impressed with him and we but not really seen a lot since then. And there's a lot of players in that category. It's not just him. Cabango, I've just not seen anything from the season. Cooper. There's a lot of players that are good. Yates, another Yates. one. And he doesn't do anything for me. Um... But whether that was the way Duff was playing him, so now is the time to find out. So if whoever whoever comes in and takes the job now, I want to see a massive.
0: Low, in I would players. put into that category as well. Low, yeah. Cullen. There's
2: there's there's, load, there's loads of them. There's 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 plenty you could you could reel them off. Some players who just haven't performed this year. So let's let's wait and see if if anybody can come in and get a tune out of them.
0: Yeah. So I mean, yeah. we I always spoke a lot. We kind of, chucked the game in there a little bit earlier than anticipated, but um. I think we should have won that game. And I, I think he was getting sacked if he didn't. He probably knew, maybe he knew he was getting sacked if he didn't win and that, that did result in him pulling his hand at half-time. Um, yeah, I think so. I i him in his shoes, I'm probably there like, I don't really know what else I can try and do to win this because it's down to the players then when he's made them changes and they hamper the ball in the back of the net. I think they created enough opportunities to do it.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. I think look in that game, like you said, in that that game in isolation is not like no. the reason to sack him. I think you know on another day we probably could win that game, but it was an accumulation of things, wasn't it really? And uh, it was
0: already done. I think. I the, think the I issue. think
2: I think you're right. I think it was. I think it was on the cards before, um, before that game. Uh, yeah. I don't know. It was. It was strange because like the Leeds game, we played all right in the first like sort of ten minutes. It was a shame the. Like they scored so almost straight after when we scored, and then after that we just kind of weren't in the game. After that, I'll but tell you a
0: sign that that signals that it was kind of already on the agenda. Was giving Yannick Belasi such a short contract?
2: Yeah, yeah. So I thought maybe there was different.
0: rules that that you can only because it's out of transfer window only sign a low length deal. Um, I want to go and check if that is actually a thing because I'm wondering if. They only did it because like I'll getting this guy to help. But they weren't convinced Duff's gonna be here by January, so then if the new guy doesn't want Balassi, he's gone, isn't he? So
2: Yeah, I think um yeah, I think there's 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 been sort of talkers now that we will kinda of dip into the market in January, probably with the level of injuries we've got as well. Um so I think it looks like they've kind of made that decision that they didn't want to go forward with Duff in the window. Um and they wanted to get a new manager in now to, to to you know to have a have a little go with the squad over Christmas before they uh before they invest in January. And I think you're right. I think giving someone a what was it like a two month deal, was it or whatever it was for Balassi. I think that was uh, that's not a good sign, is it? It's like, oh you know, I want this player. Okay, you can have him for like a little bit.
0: I mean it's easy to say him yeah, in here with assessment by January it, yeah. and then we'll give him a longer contract, but I think from the board level it's clever to say well we did get him someone to help but also if we do pull the trigger we're not stuck with him if yeah, the new yeah. guy doesn't want him so yeah. maybe that also, was just the telling they figure that it was already like a conversation
2: yeah, i think also it was just like the, the you know the nature of the, the risk of, with the player as well being with his age and the fact that you know he was yeah. a free agent and maybe not match fit then kind of protected the the club really and if if you yeah, know yeah. if he wasn't fit or got injured then then they weren't they weren't really stuck with uh, with the contract, but we'll see. Might 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 work out, mind. You know, he looked he looked quite sharp, mind, when he came on. He looked the right he against Leeds he, he just his well. Fitness he, yeah, you know, then. if he if he can up his fitness, and he looks good. Maybe they sign him to the end of the season. So we'll wait and see.
0: I did like his first. that was it? His first touch where he like brought it down off the air and nearly volleyed it into the goal. He's still if got that. Got that had gone much in of class, isn't he? If that had gone in, there would have been riots. Like. Yeah. That was outrageous to even like chest it down into a path where he could get a shot away and not, not be blocked by a defender.
2: He is just like a living highlight reel, though, isn't he? Like I remember the days you've seen videos of him when he was a palace, just like rainbow flicking people and doing ridiculous things. So he's got that in the locker. I mean you don't lose that but you lose your fitness, do you? So um hopefully we see a bit more of that. Hopefully he's got it in him. But uh,
0: Yeah, he's thirty four, so hopefully you can if we can get sixty minutes out of him in a match. Yeah. That would be good. Uh, let's go back to our slideshow. So, yeah, stuff, slideshow. stuff on 21 points. Martin would have been on, I think we worked it out as... 27. 21, 27. So, as much as there's two wins, like, six six points is a big difference. If you want to compare it to where that puts us in the league table, 18th on 21 points, 27 puts us joint with four clubs from 9th to 12th. Sunderland to Middlesbrough, that is. Sunderland, who also just sacked the manager from ninth position, um but it moves us up the table a little bit. You just highlighted the 26 goals scored under Michael Duff is actually the highest, and we'll go into the other two managers, Cooper and Potter in a second. But the 26 goals scored is a bit surprising to see that from these four managers in the first 19 games in charge, is the most.
2: Yeah, I was surprised at that. When I was looking at it and putting the stats together, I fully expected like Duff to be... Like you know, convincingly the worst out of the four managers we've had since, since we've been relegated. I mean, like the, the obviously the wins and points total is, but the goal scored, I was really surprised at that because doesn't. I don't know if it, I don't know if you feel the same. But I don't feel like we've scored loads of goals.
0: Um, we scored a few threes in a few matches. No, I think I said to you a couple of weeks ago. I don't think. Look, go into the style argument. People saying yeah. they don't like the style being boring. Them stats say to me the issue is the defence. Like very clearly yeah. and not the goal scoring. So where's the boring style of play agenda coming from? Because we're going we're scoring more goals than we did under Martin. So what people just like watching passing now more than scoring goals?
2: I don't know what the uh, yeah, I don't know what the final we well, well we never know, but that's just the first nineteen games of their tenure, isn't it? But
0: Yeah, yeah. And obviously a long way to go. You don't know what would have happened after that. But all yeah. I can say is in terms of what Duff was saying, about being a little bit more direct yeah, than that, he's yeah. kind of backed it up with the Goals scored, considering he lost Joel Perot. Yeah, yeah. Um, we said earlier on he didn't get a grip of the defence, and that's probably the major factor that's resulted in his downfall. And again, these stats highlight that with 27 goals conceded, also being the highest out of the four managers.
2: Yeah, if we if we if we're being honest, we you know we're probably going back a little bit. But he mentioned Perot there. I think Perot himself was probably worth six points. I think when he I underestimated myself. I held my hands up when he left. I thought, "Oh, maybe we'll be okay," because like Yates was there, and I think maybe we can, because his goal scoring—even I know he scored twenty goals—but sometimes he would go on a run without scoring goals. But seeing like what Yates offers now, I just think how much we miss him. Just in general play, he was so good at finding space, like always being there to pick up the ball off Grimes, and just sometimes he'd be like drifting out onto the wing. Sometimes he'd be coming deeper and. I think he was such a good player just generally and i think we really do miss that he's
0: a massive yeah, okay so the other two I, managers Did he celebrate? yeah <laughs> him and uh, did dan james celebrate
2: yeah he did celebrate
0: you know, yeah. was it like proper celebration though or just I, I, scored? I, just kind of just i mean that's another just, conversation for another time should past players celebrate against former clubs uh saw a lot of that on twitter after it happened I mean I don't really, they're playing playing for someone else, paying their wages so i don't
2: really care to be honest like
0: it's just a bit of banter in
2: yeah i just what whatever he wasn't you know it wasn't like he run up to the fans and shush them or anything he just like did a celebration for his for his new club he would be happy he scored well if it was whatever. the
0: other way round we would love it wouldn't we
2: yeah cool yeah exactly yeah exactly it just doesn't bother I, me at all Just it says it just says to you like you kind of just like move on then, like he's scored and celebrated. It's just kind of just like, oh, well, that's done now. Like, he's gone. Like, you kind of forget about it
0: now. Yeah, everyone gets on. Like, it's done. Your club is where you support and not the players, isn't it? So, you support the players while they're at the club. Um, the other two managers are on the screen now. So, you've got Steve Cooper, who has the best record with eight wins, six draws. There's a lot of six draws in there, and five losses. Uh, we to we work that out as, like, 29 30 points, points is 30 points, 30 yeah, points, 30 points, which would put us in the playoffs right now, sixth place. So, I mean, goes in tune with him being the most successful manager there. 24 goals scored and 20 conceded. And then you've got Graham Potter, who had seven wins, five draws, and seven losses. So, 27, 26. 26, quick maths gone out the window today. 26 <laughs> points.
2: <laughs> you burned it all earlier on there. So actually
0: one point less than Russell Martin. Yeah. Uh, just because he won loss instead of a draw, isn't it? Yeah. Extra. And, but that actually loses him a couple of positions in the league, so he would go down to 13th. So we're currently sitting in 18th, and Graham Potter would have been sitting in 13th. I puts it into a bit of context about whether duff should have had more time
2: yeah i i i, I don't know i think i don't know I think like this, the stats can be misleading i was really shocked about the the stats we've got here i expected like duff to be a lot worse just based on what you see visually i just thought it was going to be a lot worse and th- the problem is as well it is it is in your mind because before Bettino scores that equalizer we are one place above the relegation zone that point just takes us like three places up even though we're still only one point from that position. Visually if he doesn't score that goal we're one place above the relegation zone playing Rotherham next week I just think that was whoa alarm bells like actually we are quite close to this relegation fight you know and it is just perspective it's just being in that position isn't it I mean like you said if, if he has like one more point or two more points he might be you know near to mid table but actually being down at the bottom and the owners or the, the chairman looking at it and going, oh, my God, we're, you know, we're one place from the relegation zone. Yeah. This, is, this is really worrying. We've got to do something.
0: Playing Rotherham, we've got exactly the same form over the last five games. Draw, lost, draw, lost, draw. No yes. manager as well.
2: Yes. yes. That's it's that's funny. a massive game is now.
0: It is. So, there's the four managers. So, look, uh, the bottom line is, though, as much as we're saying it's a bit deceiving in some areas, it does show for the worst reading for Michael Duff. So, maybe... It shouldn't be a shock. Um,
2: I think yeah, I think the key one was just the the points, isn't it? That's just yeah just the, the wins
0: and the points. Um, that's the bottom line. Uh, so let's let a couple more bits from the Twitter comments about what they were asking us to discuss. Basically, who should replace him? Or like, who do we think might be? I think there's a bit of a is there really much point talking about who because the bookies lists?
2: Nah, they're never right, are they?
0: They're never right. If you look at the list at the moment, Chris Davis is favourite. Uh, he was linked in the summer. Tottenham coach, isn't he, at the moment? Yeah. Nathan Jones and John Oustis are like second and third. They're both They're out. out of the running, by all accounts. Luke yeah. Williams in fourth place. I think he shot up the running today. So maybe there's something, some merit there. A lot of people interested in that being the appointment. Notts County boss at the moment does play exciting attack in football. But then you've got like Gary Rowett in tenth, uh, in fifth place, and it's just not going to happen, is it? No. Uh, Alan Sheehan, then after him, who's currently the caretaker, I wouldn't, I would be very shocked if he got bumped up to to lead yeah, the team.
2: I I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think that's going to happen.
0: I wouldn't even be surprised if when someone comes in, he leaves.
2: Yeah, I think so. I think you might be right, but um, unless you know, because they brought him in. And he kind of wasn't Duff's appointment. Maybe they they kind of want him in the role of the club to be there as an influence.
0: Eric Ramsey, Scott Parker, Frank Lampard. I can't really see any other names on the list that I think really are in with a shout here.
2: I mean, we can get excited about someone like uh, Lampard or Scott Parker, but it's...
0: But will we get excited about Lampard these days?
2: Nah, maybe not. I think we're maybe just like... He's always going to get linked with us because he played for us, didn't he? I think every time... We're on the hunt for a manager. He's gonna. He's probably gonna yeah. be on the list. Steve
0: Schumacher is on there as well.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think, I don't think we've got the, the pulling power to pull him away. To be honest, I don't think. No, I don't think you, so.
0: If you look at the league right now, and it's less risk staying at Plymouth because if they do go down, then it doesn't matter. Yeah, I really.
2: think that will be a stupid one. as I mean, I would take it because I think you've done a good job at Plymouth, but.
0: By all accounts, Sunderland sniffing around him anyway, and yeah. I think they've got a much bigger pull.
2: Yeah, I think that that's that's been a major issue for us that maybe they could have had somebody in mind or or a top three and Sunderland sacking their manager, which we didn't see coming either. Is a is a big problem because essentially we're going to be second favourites if we're going for the same person. So that's just, uh, just,
0: Tony just, Mowbray to... being the manager sacked. Would you like him? No,
2: no, that's just no. That's they played
0: bad. nice football though.
2: Yeah, I don't know. He's been around for years. The the one thing they can never criticise with us is that I do like the way we appoint managers. We say it every time. We always go for like a, you know, a young hungry manager, which is not the same run of the mill. Tony Mowbray's, you know, Steve McLaren's, Tony Poulis, all these managers that Neil Warnock, all these managers that do the rounds. I like that we give managers a chance. Um, the only thing that worries me now—we're going to obviously—the the, the question was like, who should we appoint? I'm more worried now than ever because I think, like I said, I think Duff is a little bit unlucky in the timing of him. And I'm not saying he's a bad manager. I think he just—he came in, he got he got things wrong. He was probably just the wrong manager, at the wrong time. Um, but I think this is probably the most important managerial appointment in years. I, I, you know, if we get this wrong now, then. Well,
0: we we have seen this before, and it's how we got relegated from the Premier League.
2: Exactly, well, exactly, and nobody is nobody is uh, immune from dropping from the Championship because it's so it's so toxic and it's so hard. There's some big clubs that have dropped into League One and struggled to get back. I mean, look at Sheffield Wednesday, were down there for ages and looks like they're going back. Sunderland, massive club, were down there for so long and struggled to get back up. Derby haven't come straight back up. You know, there's there's big teams down there, and it's um. You know, nobody's immune from it, so I think you've got to be—we've got to be very careful. Like, for example, like I like, like Chris Davis, for example, that would be exciting if it was maybe the beginning of the season, because he's worked under Brendan Rogers. he's been Brendan Rogers' assistant under us in the first year when we got promoted, and then he went with him to Liverpool, and then he was his assistant under in Leicester when they won the FA Cup, and and Celtic when they won all those trophies. So I think that's kind of an exciting one because he probably will play that style of football. Being under Brendan Rodgers, but is that too much of a risk when we're potentially in a relegation fight? I don't know. Because an appointment like that would excite me if it was the start of the season, but now I'm just uh, i mean I am just a little bit concerned that if we get this wrong.
0: Yeah, but what well, so what do you want? Someone to tie over to the end of the season, make sure we don't go down, or do you want someone to? Build?
2: Oh, I, well, I, I don't know. I'm glad I am going to make this decision because what, like you said though, do we sacrifice? Do we play the Swansea way and bring someone in and risk? Um getting relegated but at least we play the right football and I'm not saying bring in somebody like Warnock who will just keep you up but do we need to find somebody in the middle I I don't know because I think just as a club culturally if we get in a relegation scrap I don't think we, I don't think we get out of it because I just think everything surrounding the club the fan base everything if things if the tide starts to turn and we're in real trouble we're not going to have like fortress you know fortress swansea.com where You know, when you get teams fighting relegation, they can pick up a point against anybody at home or they can go away and we haven't got that in us because if we go 1-0 down or something, fans will start booing and start crying on Twitter and, you know, it's just just, it's not going to happen. Yeah, we go 1-0 down
0: and all of a sudden it yanks out and it's a match but then if we're in promotion, that doesn't happen.
2: This is what I mean, we haven't got the I don't think culturally and not just the fans, I just think everything, I just culturally, we haven't got that fight for the relegation fight. And I hope I'm wrong, but
0: Let's see if we can get out of it. It sounds doom and gloom at the moment, but let's see. Not to use the word Yanks in derogatory term, but that's what happens. Literally. Yeah, yeah. That's what people uh, say. Just yeah. quoting was said, yeah. Um okay. Well, you kind of touched on it there, but the next part of the thing I had was what consideration should the board have for the next appointment? I kind of what I just asked, isn't it? Like long term, short term. I think from his comments in the statement I read earlier, they're looking at long term. I think they feel there's enough time left in the season, yeah, especially I, I with the so. January transfer window like four weeks away. Um, if they can make that appointment now, they'll give the new guy time to turn it around. Because we're not in the relegation zone now, so no. there's a bit of a leeway.
2: No, I, I, jumped, I jumped the gun a bit there talking about a relegation fight, but I'm just saying if, if we get sucked in, I don't think we've got the and 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 we are still five points from relegation zone, even though we'd be one point, but. We are still five points from. Yeah, QPR so.
0: just won two games in a row.
2: Yeah, I know, which is which is which is, it could play into it as well. If teams down there are going to start picking up points, Huddersfield beat Sunderland away in the week when we lost to Leeds. So you no know, team that could play into it as well. The teams below us are picking up points and we're losing and kind of get kind of looking over your shoulder rather than looking up. But it's jumping the gun a bit. Obviously, we're going to look, we're going to be worried about it because it's because it's our club and you always think. You know, well, I do anyway. I always think, oh God, you you always think of the worst. But you know, we're not even we're not even halfway through the season, so whoever they bring in, there is time to, you know, there is a buffer there to kind of get something going. But they do need somebody to come in and hit the ground running pretty soon. And how long do you think?
0: How long do you think the board have got to make this decision? I feel like they can only it needs to be asap, doesn't it?
2: I don't. Well, I don't think we can go any. Further than the Rotherham game without a, a manager coming in. I mean, if, if well, we've we, got
0: a midweek fixture next week,
2: have we? I thought it was yeah. Middlesbrough on the Saturday after.
0: Am I lying?
2: I don't know. I the the the, the games come so thick, thick and fast. No,
0: it's Rotherham, and then we got Stoke away on Tuesday, and then Middlesbrough.
2: Great, we love a trip to Stoke as well. Um,
0: yeah, and they're down there with us. Ideally, they're actually on the same points as us, so. It's ideally, two games like, you have to be targeting, in, and we don't have a manager now.
2: Ideally, you'd like to think that they'd be in place for the Stoke game, but I'm not sure how realistic that is. But at least by the Middlesbrough game, they've got
0: to be. That's in tricky place. though, isn't it? Like a Saturday against relegation. I say relegation rifle. They they are nine. They are eight points lower than us Rotherham, But what I'm what I mean is like we want to pull away from that fight, and you need to win that even if it's away. We did not have a manager going to Rotherham and then you've got Stoke who are also lower than us but on the same points as us. Yeah, two massive games. They're two massive games that you need to be like targeting six points from. And six points really helps in this situation. But there's no one there to lead us to them games now.
2: I know, but maybe maybe that plays into it, because you know, we had Hull, you know, leads away, You can, can kind of throw that away anyway, but you know, Hull at home, Huddersfield at home. And then you've got, yeah. And then sick, you've got, to be fair. No, I know, but it's still a game. I I want to be winning at home. I think I, you know, if you want to be any realistic, yeah, of even course. Even if you want to you be want to a win mid-table all your own games, if you want to be a mid-table team looking up, I think yeah. But we've been we've been quite poor at home as well. I mean, there's some, I was
0: just trying to say I don't put Hull and Huddersfield in the same category. Is what I was trying to say.
2: Yeah, no, yeah, fair, fair. But I think if you look at our of fixtures, where you've got Hull home, Huddersfield home, Rotherham, Stoke, you want to be picking up points there, and I think that's probably. What they've looked at as well is that, you know, we need some big, we need some, a good return on these. But, you know, I, I fully expect, and I, I hope, I hope this is, I hope this is going to happen, but I fully expect, like, a reaction from the players on the weekend. Because if, by all accounts, the players weren't happy with him, then you'd expect to see, like, a bit of a bounce on Saturday that they kind of let let loose. Of, off, but, yeah. yeah. So and I did say to it you, I was going
0: pick- to pick. I did say I was gonna pick the swans in the last man stand and
2: I I probably watch now, I'd probably be wrong, but
0: uh I, I'm not sure I have the bottle to do that to be fair in the last six. You don't know no, what it's no. like to be in the last six, do you?
2: I did we we did prove this. I did get to the final once. Did you win? No.
0: <laughs> have you ever got past the first round since? No. <laughs> Yeah, well, there we go then. Um, but I was wondering, there could be a good, good shout, but I don't think I got the bottle to do it. I wouldn't um, risk it at this stage. No? Okay, use one for you then. What role does Paul Watson play in all of this, and how much accountability should be placed on him?
2: I, I, I don't know. For me, I just like that seems to have picked up pace quite rapidly. I mean, you can you can criticise some of the things he's done, but there, but there was a point in, um. There was a point after that window shut where we were like, "My God, we've got a good squad." I think we looked at it and we were like, "Wow, we've we've actually got a really good squad here." Like Patino came in and Humphreys had come in on loan and Key had come in and and you know on paper and Low had come back and people were kind of excited about that. I think on paper I was thinking, "My God, we've got a really good squad here," and then it just didn't kind of pan out, did
0: it? I also don't know if you can judge him on one transfer window. No, no, I don't think so. Um, and he did bring players in. A lot of them were projects, and maybe some of them haven't worked as well as others. But a lot of people are also saying Key's been fantastic, Rushworth's been fantastic, and Humphreys has been relatively good. Lowe's been good. So like the four you've just mentioned, essentially, he brought all of them in as well. So, you know, Tim has yeah, been I... featuring regularly. Ashby's started picking up when he was playing. So that's six.
2: I, I, Some of them I, were I brought know. in for youth. Well, what, what were we expecting? I wasn't expecting us to sign that many players. Like, I didn't think, you know, we were capable of signing that many. I know, it, you know, you can argue it was too much, and we've just kind of thrown too many players in. And brought yeah, them. but is it but,
0: too much? Because if we didn't, do we wouldn't have a squad?
2: Yeah, exactly. But this is this is what I'm saying. Like, realistically, like um, when Ben came on the podcast, like when we were talking about the transfer window, he made a good point in saying, like, someone like Yates, for example, like if. If he was, you know, any better, then we probably wouldn't have had him. So, I'm not sure what players we could have brought in better, if you yeah. know what I mean. Like, you know, getting Patino on loan from Arsenal, getting. That's one on did not mention Patino. Get getting Patino. Well, people were, you know, oh, that's a great signing, and getting Humphreys, it was like, oh, he came with all this. Wow, he's you know England under 21 international, and he was playing for Chelsea in pre season. The fact that we were able to bring these players in, like, what more? we have done i'm I'm not really sure to be honest people seem to be
0: highlighting the money spent on yates uh kuarevich and choa on as maybe not working out to what we wanted um and highlighting those things as the way the transfer window wasn't good and he made bad decisions but failed to, like, sort of also realise the same guy was responsible for bringing in Patino, Key, Rushworth, um, uh, Humphrey. Humphreys, Timone, Ashby. Like, you can't kind of praise one side and say the yeah. other side's bad. I, it's, it's the same guy.
2: I guess you can... You crit- you can you, Well, it, it's fair to criticise if you don't think he's made good sign-ins, but it's just like I've seen it around, like, social media. Like, people go in Mental, like, oh my god, like, it's the worst thing ever.
0: They all have this narrative that he's trying to turn us into Luton, don't they?
2: Oh, yeah, well, Luton, I mean, the team that's in the Premier League right now,
0: and maybe be Arsenal tonight, yeah.
2: And they just can see that in 96 minute, oh no, we don't want to be there. Um,
0: it's the style of play, isn't it? It goes back to that argument with the Swansea way, and yeah,
2: yeah, we've we've talked about this Swansea way nonsense for. Well, it's not nonsense, I shouldn't say that. It's not
0: nonsense. It's just I'm not sure how I'm just I I'm I'm just I'm just done with it because I think it holds us down as much as it is it nice does. to watch.
2: Yeah. Spot on. It's spot on. It does. It does hold us it does hold us down because I again I know I'll I'll die on the hill that I think Steve Cooper was the best manager we've had since we've been relegated and people hated him. I remember the hate he was getting on Twitter and we were winning games. Alright, it wasn't yeah. pretty to watch, but this, this, there is more than one way to play football, and people are begging for football that we played ten years ago, 10, 11 years ago. And I think you know the, the game has moved on. I would much rather, you know, I would much rather have the day out of Wembley in the playoff final than be sat mid-table, but you know, having ninety percent possession and maybe scoring the goal. And,
0: well, what would you rather take? Where we are now, or where we were when Steve Cooper left
2: us? Exactly two playoffs we can't, we can't there's no comparison
0: yeah but like the negativity left under as well but the, at least the club was what like where did we finish that season fifth fourth or something
2: yeah I think so yeah
0: yeah again but Swansea we'll have that conversation again um, what would be the first thing the new manager needs to address
2: god I don't know I think uh, defensively definitely we've got to stop conceding as many chances as we do um that's that's got to be number one i don't want to see rushworth having to make eight saves a game that's got to be number one um i don't know and i was gonna say before i looked at the stats i was gonna say we need to score more goals but apparently we don't um so i think i think defensively defensively we're poor and i guess i guess putting more chances away because like you said we had four big chances against Huddersfield Mister Moore. we have our chances in games that we need to finish and I think he just needs to address that some players probably not the right fit for what the role they're being asked to do, be being one of them. How can we get the best out of him? Because whatever was going on, whether he was not performing or whether he was being asked to do something different than what he likes, then I don't know. we got to try and find a way to get the best out of some of these players.
0: The goal scoring thing is interesting, actually, because they're looking at the league as a whole. and um, We are mid-table lower mid table on goals scored i feel like the league in general this season maybe the defenses are not winning yeah if this let's put it that way um a lot of goals seems to be being scored i guess is what what it shows more than maybe when we've done the comparison with the other managers and defenses perhaps are a little bit more on top uh but maybe it's just the way football is at the moment because it goes in trends and phases doesn't it um not many left, and then we're going to wrap it up. Uh, oh, actually, there's only one, one thing to end on. So, this is a difficult one to talk about because we kind of probably going to open ourselves up for criticism, but it's an opinion at the end of the day. But one of the comments in in the in the tweet I put out was, "What influences the fan base, if any, had on the decision, and will any manager be able to, in commas, win uh, the fan base over, because?" And I added this bit on it has been tricky for all of the managers really to win the fan base over, going back to uh Steve Cooper, as we've just been discussing, even Russell Martin was divisive. there's the people that love him, but there was plenty that wanted him gone, and now Duff as well
2: yeah i yeah but I, I i don't know i yeah i don't I don't know much we can say here without getting ourselves into a bit of trouble, but. I don't just know. I get think in trouble. It's just... we've become, we've become like, a, I, I don't know if it's the same across the board for every club, but we've become a massive like um, social media based club, if if you like, because what I see is like, for example, and, and you can like, you can jump in if you think I'm I'm wrong here, but like Russell Martin, for example, you know, not completely opposed to the guy, but I like we, he had his faults, but the fact is he looks good on social media. So, he kisses the badge. oh, uh, you know he he gave Cardiff the four on the weekend, which was good banter. I like that. But then it just went over the top. Like people are literally crying with posters of him because because he did He's that. Clever, idol. very very clever. Very good PR manager, Russell Martin. In all fairness to him, says the right things, does the right things. And I
0: think he buys himself time because of it
2: and this is exactly what I'm, this is, this is exactly it, I think he buys himself time he's, you know, he's very good in the media he looks good on social media so you know, he, people can post clips of him saying like little bits what he said you know, very something good at speaking as well dead. isn't he yeah, so I think this is a massive, massive thing that he looks good on social media and people kind of buy into that like Chris, now I like it, great, like some of the stuff he said and did, I, you know, amazing I love that, but then you kind of got to look past it sometimes and you know, look at what's going on on the pitch. So, you know, obviously I'd never trade that we beat Cardiff four times, but the fact that he did that is like, you know, look, he did this. This is this unbelievable thing that happened. And look, he said this one time and look, he did this. And he had 90% possession in this game and he did this and he did that. And it just looks good on social media. Do you know what I'm saying? But then someone like Michael Duff, who... Doesn't say the right thing sometimes, you know. He doesn't look the part, he just sees something. it as
0: another game of football, but it yeah. says it like that, and all of a yeah. sudden it's like, yeah, you just don't, it's not as exciting. So,
2: so then he just, and again, obviously that coincides with not getting results. So then you just open yourself like the, the leniency that Russell Martin had in that run where we were just losing games, losing, losing games, and, and getting hammered in some games as well. Like it was still divided that people were just like saw back at him, but because of this, because of what he says and how he says it, and I think he's very clever in that sense. Like, I'm not, yeah, but he
0: called the board out, didn't he? He called the board out for the lack of transfers in the January, yeah. which bought him another couple of weeks because people are like, Oh, he's called the board out, yeah, no one does yeah. that. That's, yeah. And he called all of the coaches together to do yeah, it in the yeah. video. See, all these, so all these. He knows big, like, what he's doing,
2: yeah, all these big like gestures, I think- like, Oh, I brought all the coaches into the press conference, and yeah. yeah. Very I think clever. a
0: good way to put it is social media is a massive part of it because I think Russell Martin is clever. He's used it to his advantage. Just to compare the last two, you could look further back. But the more into the future we go, the bigger social media is going to get. So it's more relevant, the more recent we go. Um, he's very clever. He's used it to his advantage. All these things we just quoted. Whereas I think Michael Duff, maybe naively, yeah, just wants to do his job. Yeah, he yeah, just wants to be the football manager doesn't want all that but unfortunately he's part of the game now and maybe he didn't understand that and he hasn't understood that and that's ultimately put so much extra pressure on himself on the players that's resulted in the poor results and poor performances especially the stuff he said around uh the the, the derby game i think maybe if we go back 10 15 years and he says the same things in a conference most swansea fans won't have seen they get quoted in the paper and you read it maybe it doesn't read as bad nobody gets so frustrated you can't voice your frustrations online because social media is not a thing i just don't think it gets as bad as it got and maybe the performance on the pitch is different and the players don't realize how annoyed or don't see any of the frustration i just don't think the frustration kind of builds either it's like you're putting it all in a pot and you and turning on the gas if you like yeah. um with social media whereas yeah, the gas isn't getting turned on yeah. if social media is not there so you yeah. might have that little bit of frustration you're probably be over it in five minutes if it's like 10 15 years yeah. ago
2: but these and these things now they snowballed and they so like i said he started yeah. off started off wrong made the first you know made a bad first impression yeah and, and then it's they really went, hard people are looking to... for it it's really hard yeah yeah and it became really petty in the end and it's really hard to turn the tide like people were looking for anything like he would literally say one wrong word and people would be like oh my god look what he said um and it's really hard to turn that tide then
0: yeah but you know maybe that's the way football is now and you've got to give credit to martin for understanding the power of using the fans in success look it's not Um, it's not
2: it's not it's not it's not not a it's not necessarily a criticism of him it's just he's done that very well i mean he's he's, if that if that is part of being the modern day manager then he does that very very well and you can't you know can't argue against it
0: so to summarize like what influence the fan base have on this i think i think they had an influence personally yeah, Yeah, Um, and i think that is very clear from the statement that Coleman's put out, he's definitely taken on board what a lot of the heavy criticisms have been, and I guess the two big ones from that statement is the moving away the, the not moving down your thing, and the way they're playing. And I think that's yeah, that, uh, you you can't not say there's not been an impact after reading that. I think it's clear to see that he's he's addressing like. to the fans that he will learn from not acknowledging how important the Swansea way was so they must have been an influence
2: I don't know I just just thinking about this as well just this has just popped into my head while we've been talking about it but it seemed to me as well that like last season or two we were kind of praising the the social media from the club like saying how good it was and some of the things were quite witty and that kind of seems to have died off a little bit maybe that's gone hand in hand with um like obviously the results have not not been great, so maybe it's not the right timing. But
0: um,
2: yeah, I I just wonder if like with like Russell Martin being there, maybe he was a bit more open to you know doing stuff like I remember he did the interview walking through um I think it's is he it Klein Gardens by the Woodman down
1: there?
2: Like yeah, we like, want to get into know him, and that was you know was quite good, and it's just kind of opening yourself up a bit, and they were doing that like. um like follow player for a day i remember like flynn downs did it i remember watching a couple of things like that maybe it has been going on and i haven't really been picking up on that much but i get the sense that it's not quite being the same so maybe that's kind of fed into it as well like maybe he's not as open as you know he's not opening himself up to it as much
0: i think just, with uh, um i haven't seen myself either but with social medias and stuff when stuff's going well it tends to go viral a bit and get shared around and I think it's also easier to have banter when you win in.
2: Yeah, of course it is.
0: Because yeah. they were kind of bantering at other clubs on TikTok, weren't
2: they? Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. Um, but then when it's not going so well, maybe those things... If the views stop coming in for it because we're not doing well, like people don't look for stuff about Swansea because they're annoyed. I think we noticed some of our stuff when we're tweeting and putting videos up. You can tell. You look like, at the, those stuff from the summer when we had the managerial change and it was booming and then as the season progressively kind of doesn't do very well, sometimes the the views drop off. And that that happened under Russell Martin as well. It was up and down, depending on how we're doing. It's probably the same sort of thing maybe, and maybe the media team more in the know. uh, They know when to jump on things and when to not. Because I think if they start doing certain humorous posts on the different platforms, when the general atmosphere in the fan base is not there. The engagement in the comments is the wrong engagement. Yeah. For example, like, why are you joking about this? Uh, we want him out at our club, you know, that sort of thing. And that makes the situation worse. Yeah. So it comes back to the question, I guess, in a way, like how much influence do the fans have? If if that If that's the reason some of these types of content is not being made as much, then I guess, yeah, they have a lot of influence because they're hiding from negativity then, then not they? Yeah. Prote- protecting the club, protecting the players, whatever you want to call it, but...
2: Yeah, but I... Yeah, no, I do, I do think the fans have a massive influence, but again, like, I, I'll i go back a little bit, like, to Duff and I think, probably just to, like, just to add the final point on it of him being a bit unlucky, I think, this has been coming for like four years, I think. Even though I don't think our recruitment's been that bad this summer, personally. Like, you know, like you said, losing Perot and Manning, every year we've kind of lost quality in the squad every year. And we always needed like a manager to come in and and do something special. And it was always gonna happen that someone was gonna come in at some point and not be able to or you know, or have bad luck with injuries or something and just not be able to Get anything out of out of the squad, and I think it's kind of been progressing that way for a couple of years.
0: You have said it a few times, on you To be fair, the more you sell the, play, the good players, eventually, will stop overachieving. And you've said that Cooper really overachieved. I think
2: he did. I think we, we've
0: said that. And so then, I guess the question is: Are we are we overachieving now? Not overachieving, sorry, but are we underachieving now, or are we just where we should be?
2: Yeah, well this this is it this is the question isn't it it's like what are our realistic expectations for the current squad and you know where where where, where should we be because we're not we're not a playoff team we're not a promotion challenging team there's no way so where you know and, and I, I again i don't think we're i don't think really we should be a relegation candidate either so you know if if you know if we were to finish if we were eventually to a finish mid table and the duff then is that kind of where we should have been but
0: you know yeah, but a you if you look at the teams, we said at the start of the season this is one of the hardest divisions since we got relegated to yeah. teams. Yeah. And we've fallen to the bottom side of it. So maybe we are where we are for a reason. Yeah. So you've got Stoke are lower than us. Don't forget, they came down with us from Premier League. Huddersfield came down the season after us, yeah? Yeah. I think. They're, they're lower than us. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's not... Out of the question to suggest that it's not deserved based on the quality of the squad.
2: No, I know. Like I said, I think it's a slippery slope, and no, like no club is immune from getting sucked into that. You get it wrong, and
0: yeah. So you've got Millwall, and Millwall is lower than us. About uh, the well, same points. Coventry, who were in playoffs last year, are a point ahead. Like, it's uh, Norwich are in thirteen. They're only five points, uh, four points ahead. Five points ahead. Sorry. And they came down last season, so it's um, there's a lot of teams that aren't doing as well as what I think they would um think they should be doing. Yeah. So not everyone can be in that top six and top half, and yeah, I think there's a lot of uh, we're getting to a stage in football, I think, and it's the same in the Premier League where. Every club thinks they're a big club in a way and you can't <laughs> all be.
2: Yeah, that's right.
0: But there we go. I think that's a good place to end. There's I know it's been a little longer than anticipated it's getting late and I do apologise for keeping you up this long but um, yeah, we'll call it there. So thanks as always and I guess on to the next chapter, hopefully the next video next week if we get some positive news and we get a new manager hopefully we can talk about that, otherwise we'll We'll see how it goes. But thanks for watching, as always, and we shall catch you in the next video. See you soon. The match has just finished and you're on your way home. What better way to celebrate that 90th-minute winner than a McNugget share box and a few tips with your mates? You channel your inner Ronald as you race to beat the Muck Delivery home, just making it an injury time. Ordering Muck Delivery is easy on the McDonald's app. You win. Our participating in restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and term supply. See McDonald's.com.